Hey, good morning, everyone, especially to you if you are here for the first time. I'm so grateful that you clicked onto our channel, onto our service, and we're honored that you're part of us and pray that even you might find a family with us today. And if we haven't met, my name is Jean-Michel, and I'm one of the pastors here at Victory. And uh, we've just come out of a series called Gear Up, all about the armor of God. And it's been real amazing. And we finished that series last week. And uh, I asked God, you know, coming to the end of a series, I, I thought, you know, let me ask God, what's, what's next? What comes next? When you feel like you've finished something, when you feel like you've come to the end of a season or, or the end of something that you were trying to accomplish, sometimes it's difficult to think about what comes next. And this is something that's on my heart. It made me think of the idea of purpose, right? And I felt like God was talking to me about purpose. As I was asking him, you know, what comes next? How do we move forward? How do we move past something that we've accomplished? And I asked myself this question, when you're finished with something, does that mean that your purpose is finished too? You know, if I take it out of our series and just put it into life, when you start that business or you finally get married or something happens in your life that you've been building up towards, that you've been working on, that you've been putting effort into, when it finally comes to pass, is your purpose finished? Is, is its purpose done? And in our lives, if we accomplish the things in our hearts, does that mean that our purpose is done? If you accomplish that ministry or your business is just thriving and moving forward and things are going well, it, does that mean that purpose is done? And not just that, but let's talk about how do we even find purpose, right? As I'm asking God what's next, he's coming back to me, purpose. What is the purpose? Where is purpose? And I'm thinking the same thing, you know, in our lives. How do we even find purpose? You might be at the beginning of your journey saying, God, I don't really know what my purpose is. That's a really big idea, and I don't even know if I'm ready to understand what my destiny and my purpose is. You might be in the middle of a season where something is accomplished, and you're asking God, what's next? What is, what is next for my purpose? I feel like God wants to talk to us about this today. And I felt like he was bringing this thought to, to me, that purpose is not so much a destination or a goal, but more a journey. Rather than thinking or saying, I have a purpose, or I have accomplished my purpose, or I'm moving towards my purpose, maybe the better way to think about it is that purpose is a process, right? Not that I, I have a purpose, but that I am in the process of purpose. That's what our message title is today. That's what we're talking about. We are in the process of purpose. And so as we open this up today and we talk into this big idea of purpose, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you today that we can come into your presence, that we can hear what you have to say about who you designed us to be and what you want our lives to be about. And I pray that as we open up this big idea of purpose, that you will bring that big idea down to something that we can deeply understand, that gives us hope wherever we are in our journey of life, knowing that you have a purpose for our lives and you're taking us through the process 
of purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. All right, cool. So when I think about the idea of purpose, I always go to the same place, right? I always go to the same Bible figure, and he's a man by the name of David. If you've been in church a while, you'll know all about this guy. If you've either never been to church or you're kind of new to this whole church thing, David was a man in the Bible, and you'll know his story, who killed Goliath, right? You'll have heard this story before, David and Goliath. It's that guy. He was also a king of Israel. In fact, maybe the most famous king of Israel. He was a big, big figure in the Old Testament, and he has an amazing story from childhood all the way through to adulthood. God's purpose for him was massive. He had this massive destiny to be the king of God's chosen people, but there's a whole process that went about in David's life to get him to that purpose. And if you're sitting there right now and you're asking God a little bit about what your purpose is or what his purpose in this season is all about, maybe things in your life have shifted or changed a little bit and it's become something different and something new and you're asking God, what is your purpose? I want to talk to you today about four processes of purpose. There's four processes, right? And rather than just getting to a destination, we're going to understand what, what process we're in right now and how it moves us forward to the next one. And so the very first process of purpose, I'm calling purpose declared. All right, so in the life of David, you'll know that that before he was anointed to be king, there was already a king in place. His name was Saul, and Saul was not a good king. Funnily enough, Saul was the the guy that you would think was the right man for the job. He was head and shoulders above everyone else. He was strong. He was courageous. He was a good fighter and warrior. He was a good man for the job. And so everyone saw him as the best possible man to lead the nation of Israel. But God saw deeper into Saul's heart than other people did. And, uh, and God saw that Saul didn't have what it took to longevity, to, to, to rule and reign for a long time. At some point, he fell off of God's purpose. It's true. And, and he made some decisions that led him away from where God wanted him to be. And as a result, God's favor lifted off of him. God's grace lifted off of him and his anointing lifted off of him. And in that moment, a prophet comes to a man called Jesse. This is David's father and says, I need, I've been told to come here because the next king is here. It's one of your sons. And if you know the story, you know that 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 Jesse brings out all of his strongest, eldest men of the house, the sons of Jesse, and prophet just rejects each and every single one of them until he runs out of sons. And he says, well, is there no other? Is there, God has rejected every single one of them, so is there not another? And they said, well, yeah, there's this, there's this kid, David. He's the youngest, and he's out in the field, and he's tending the sheep, but I mean, He can't be king. He's just David. But in that moment, David comes forward. They bring him from the field. And immediately God says, yes, this is the one. This is David. I have purposed him to be king. This is purpose 
declared. And this is an amazing moment. Some of us are in the space where we're asking God to declare purpose into our lives, right? We don't know where our end goal is. We don't know what the destination is. Right now, I want to remind you and I want to encourage you that you don't have to figure out what your purpose is. Come on, God will declare purpose into your life. That's him. That's his job. He speaks purpose into our lives. And so if you're looking for purpose, let your heart be set on God. Come get your relationship built with God. Seek him first. And out of that, purpose will be declared. Come on, he's placed things in your heart, things that you love, things that you're good at, things that you're passionate about. Those things combined with your relationship with him are going to lead you into purpose. God will declare purpose over your life. Some of us are there right now. We know what our purpose is for our lives, but we don't yet know how we're going to get there. It feels like purpose is far away, like it's way too big for where we are right now. I'm here to encourage you that there is a whole process of purpose ahead of you. Purpose declared is just the very first one, and God is speaking that into your life. Let him move you, and he's going to move you just like he moved David. As we track on through the story of David's life, we see that he becomes this amazing warrior, right? And we know the story, he slays Goliath, he has faith in God, and he becomes famous, right? The whole of Israel knows that David is like the warrior of warriors. He fights for Saul, he leads his armies, and he gets stuff done, right? Wins battles. The favor of God is on him. And you know what's interesting about this whole story is even while Saul is still king and still anointed king, David is also anointed king. And David knows it. He knows that God's anointing is on him. And he's waiting for this moment. He knows where his destination is, but he doesn't know how God is going to make that happen. And so Saul and David are close. They fight together and Everything is good until David gets so famous that it starts to touch Saul at his weak point. What is that weak point? He can't handle that David is so famous. He's insecure as a leader. And so instead of empowering David, he pulls him down. And in fact, to the point of trying to kill David, right? And so if you know the story, you know that this next part of David's life is just Saul searching after him, trying to kill him, trying to get this threat to his kingdom just destroyed, right? They used to be close. He was, they were so close. And yet now the relationship is so destroyed. And so this part of purpose I've called purpose provoked. Because you see now, David is aware that he's next in line to take kingship of Israel. And now not only is Saul king, but he's also become a wicked king, a bad king. And so David knows, man, this, the time is approaching, the time is ripe, the time is ready. And so he's being provoked all the time. Provoked to what? He's being provoked to take things into his own hands. How many of us are there at this point in time where we feel like we know where our purpose is and if we actually just take things into our own hands and move a couple of pieces and do a couple of things, then we can get there. We can make it happen. We can make purpose happen in our lives. How many of us are there right now? David was there. 
And there's this episode where Saul is chasing after, after David in the desert and, and David sneaks into Saul's camp and he sneaks into where Saul is and he actually has this moment where he could kill Saul. He could actually take Saul's life. And in doing so, he would actually fulfill the purpose of God because then he can become king. If Saul's out of the way, he can become king. And what he does is he cuts a piece of Saul's robe to show Saul, look, I could have killed you, but I chose not to. Look, I could have destroyed you, but I chose not to. And you know what? God rebukes him. He teaches David a lesson in this moment to say, he says to him these words, don't touch my anointed. What was God really saying? It wasn't just don't touch Saul. Yeah, don't touch Saul. Saul is God's anointed. And until God takes him out the way, it's not David's job. Come on, can I say to you today that until God moves those pieces out of the way, it's not your job to move those pieces of the way. Your job is to be faithful and to keep moving forward. God will deal with the rest. But God wasn't just saying to David, don't touch Saul. He was also showing David that when you are the anointed one, I'm not going to let anyone touch you either. Check it out. If David had killed Saul, then he would have left himself vulnerable to someone doing the same to him because he was about to take Saul's place. And so David learns this huge lesson to honor who God has installed as leadership, to honor who God anoints. And I want to tell you that for your business. The way that you treat people in business will either set you up for victories in the future, or if you take it into your own hands, set you up for vulnerabilities. It's the same in your marriage. It's the same in your ministry. Come on, in your purpose. When you're in purpose provoked, it's provoking you all the time. Like you could just take one or two steps and everything could work out, it's time to leave it in God's hands and trust him. What's amazing about David is he does just that. He chooses to trust in God, and he puts his trust in him. And the story continues. Saul is not just fighting David. The thing is, Saul is king of Israel, and Israel has many enemies. So after a while, Saul can no longer focus his attention solely on trying to get David. God just keeps moving David and protecting David and keeping him safe. And no matter what Saul does, he just can't get to David. And now he can no longer focus his attention only on David. He has to now focus on the other nations that are coming to attack Israel. And so Saul goes out to fight, but the favor of God has lifted off of him. And so then the armies of Israel begin to lose battles and lose battles to the point where at the end of, of the battle, Saul's son, Jonathan, has died. And in fact, Saul realizes there's, there's no way out. And he's either going to become a prisoner or he's going to find his way out of this. And the only way out is to take his own life. And that's exactly what he does. He falls on his own spear. He takes his own life. And in this moment, it's, it's so grievous to David. When David hears the news that Saul has died, he actually, he weeps and he mourns for Saul's death. And the thing about that is, is 
David finally got, he was able to see Saul the way God had created Saul, the way that God had designed Saul. He saw the value in the king of Israel. He stopped looking at all the flaws and all the problems, and he saw Saul for who God made him to be. Some of us need that. Some of us need to start seeing the people in our lives the way God sees them. But this part of the process is called purpose-like. See, when Saul dies, now you would think, cool, it's time for David. But David doesn't get to take the throne, not just yet. In fact, Saul's son takes the throne. And his son becomes the second king of Israel. David is actually the third king of Israel, not the second king. And so in this moment, David is he's anointed king and he's made king, but not of Israel, of Judah. See, the nation of Israel was divided at the time. There was the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. And that kingdom of Judah, David becomes the king. And all of the men who have been following him and fighting for him, all the people that have been following him as their leader, they, they exalt him and they, they call him king, right? And Saul's son becomes the king of Israel. And for a number of years, it's just like that. You see, David wasn't yet the king of all of Israel. And this is what it is, purpose-like. It's not quite what your purpose is, but it's almost like it. In fact, it's so close that you could almost be satisfied with where you are. Some of us are there right now. I'm talking to you. If you are close to your purpose, but it's not quite what God said to you. And it's almost as if if you stay here, it's good enough. It's good enough. I, I, my business is, it's not quite what I dreamed of, but it's, it's good. Everything's good. I'm not struggling. I'm doing well. That's good. Right, well, I'm not, I'm not married, but, you know, I, I have a good career, and it's not quite, my life's not quite what I thought it would be, but it's okay. I'm all right. I'm, I'm happy here. You know, I'm not free from sickness. I, I, I still have addictions in my life, but you know what? I'm doing okay. I have a good relationship with God, and things are going okay, so it's not quite what I imagined, but it's close enough. It's purpose-like, but it's not God's purpose for you. Come on, he's got more for your business. He's got more for your marriage. He's got more for your ministry. He's got more for you today. And David found himself in this place of being purpose-like. He was king, but not king of all of Israel. And so he had to wait still. Some of us, we've still got to wait. Come on, don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. You're almost there. You might not quite be there yet, but God still has a plan for you. And he's got more for you. Don't wait at purpose like that's only step three of four. There are four processes of purpose. And here is the fourth one, purpose fulfilled. You see, the next step is for David to become king of all of Israel. And so in this idea of purpose fulfilled, David is now king of Judah. And through deceitful ways, some of the men who follow David went and killed Saul's son, who was the king of Israel. They found their way in, they killed him, and they brought proof back to David. And again, you'd think, David would say, wow, that's awesome. Finally, every piece has been moved out of the way for me to step into my purpose. 
But again, David mourns and he weeps. In fact, he's so angry at these men who deceitfully did this that he kills them and gives them what they sowed, they reaped. And he mourns for Saul's son because, again, he knows it's got to be God's time. It's got to be God's will. It's got to be God's hand for his life. And so he still has time to wait. This moment triggers just massive wars between David's men and Saul's men, right? They're still called Saul's men, King Saul's men. And they fight. They lose people. And I mean, this is bloody. This is difficult. This is the worst part of war that you can imagine. Everyone is losing brothers and sons on either side, blood being shed. There's grievances on both sides. It's so difficult and men are dying. It's harsh because these are the same people. It's like the, a massive civil war. And so after years of this fighting, eventually the nation of Israel begins to understand they need to rally behind David. There's a man that comes and he says to David, I think I can get the different people together. And he goes about and he starts to rally the people behind David. He says to him, no, they want you to be king. How long are we going to continue to do this? And after all of these years, after all of this fighting, after all of this bloodshed, God finally moves David into the place that he always wanted him to be, king of both Israel and Judah. And David takes his united nation, his united army, and he goes and takes back Jerusalem, which had been occupied, and he, he labels it the city of David. And to this day, it's known as the city of David. And from there, it just triggers time after time of God's favor on the nation. He, he empowers David to fend off the enemies of Israel, and he comes to peace with the kingdoms that are around Israel. He begins to, to fortify and unite the nation together as one, and it starts this time of goodness, and you see God's hand and his favor all over it, and one of the uh, neighboring kings comes and builds David a palace that he can live in, and the word says it's like an acknowledgement that David has finally stepped into purpose. Come on, how many of us are there? where we can say we finally stepped into purpose you know you are exactly where God wants you to be and you're excited things are falling into place peace and harmony is coming into your life the fights are starting to end the difficulties and the challenges are starting to fall away you're coming into the place where you are purposed and purpose fulfilled come on it's an amazing amazing moment but how many of you have ever had God do something amazing in your life? What is your response? Our response is always we want to honor God. We want to honor him with, for what he has done and with what he has done inside our lives. Let's just take it away from our big purpose. But let's say in a sickness, how many of us have, have received healing in our bodies and it was difficult and there was prayer involved or maybe doctors involved but God takes you through and at the end you have healing and your body is whole and you're feeling good man that's amazing and that is a space where purpose has been fulfilled maybe God freed you from an addiction and when you get free of that addiction man you want to honor him and just give him glory or maybe he gave you favor and promotion in your business and your job or maybe you got married and finally found that person 
I'll tell you now, in those moments, David was just the same. He just felt like he wanted to honor God. And he asked this question, what is next? Right? When you get to purpose fulfilled, the question is, what is next? Is purpose over? Of course not. God has always got more for us. And so I want to read a bit of scripture today and answer that question because I believe that this Gear Up series that we just went through was to give us strength through the difficult moments, to help us stand when nothing is going our way. But let me tell you something. God has a purpose for your life, and it's not just drenched in difficulties. You will get there. You will achieve your purpose. You will find peace. You will find happiness. It's going to happen because that's God's plan for your life. doesn't mean you'll never face difficulties again, but you are going to get to purpose fulfilled. And when you get there, it's not over. There is something next. And this is what David discovers. Let's read together. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 to 3, we're going to read a little bit together. It says this, After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him. He said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it for the Lord is with you. Right, what is David saying? He's saying, God, you've done such amazing things. You've brought me rest. You've given me rest from my enemies. You've established me as king. I'm in purpose fulfilled. I want to honor you. How can I be in a palace while your Ark of the Covenant is in a tent? Let me build a temple for the Lord. And Nathan says to him, go right ahead because God is quite obviously with you. The story continues from verse 12. And now at, in that night, after Nathan and David speak, God speaks to Nathan in a vision and gives him a prophetic word to give to David. And I want to read some of that. It says this, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, this is Nathan speaking to David, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Come on, God didn't want to just establish David for a time. He wanted to establish his kingdom forever. And God wants to do that in you. He wants to establish your purpose and your destiny forever. He's not just looking to you. Your purpose is not just for you. It's for others. It's for other people. It's for who will come next. 
after purpose fulfilled is legacy. Come on, there's legacy that God wants to build through you to the next generation. Come on, who's coming after you in your business? Who's going to take over and take it to new heights? Come on, who is going to move with you? Who are you raising up? Who are you inputting into? Come on, that's what's next. Raising up the next to take beyond what you could ever imagine because God's purpose doesn't even end with you. It continues through the generations, whether that's your physical children or whether those are people that you just pour your life into. Come on, if you're sitting in purpose fulfilled, it's time to look to who's next. Who can you empower? Who can you give life to? And this is where David realizes, even though he wants to build the temple, it's for his son to do because God has now made him a promise that he is going to establish his kingdom in his son forever. And this is David's response. I want you to see it. This is verse 18 and 19. It says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? He's just in awe of who God is. And as if this were not enough, in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. David realizes in this moment that God's purpose is far beyond just his life. It's beyond when he was a young child being overlooked. It's beyond when he was being provoked by Saul and he could take things into his own hands. It's beyond when he was almost there, when he was king of Judah, but not quite king of everywhere. It's beyond even becoming king of Israel. It's beyond the purpose that he sees. It goes from generation to generation and God is doing that in you today. Come on, your purpose. I understand it's this big idea, but I want you to know that God is going to start by decreeing into your life. He's going to speak purpose into your life, and he's going to take you through every purpose all the way to the moment where it is all about legacy and who is next, because God doesn't end with you. He moves things on to the next generation, and so I want to pray with every person today, wherever you are right now, wherever in this process you are, we're all in the process of purpose because even when you achieve something, God's got more. He's got more and he's got more. Wherever you are in the process of purpose, I want to say to you today that God, is he's got you in his hands. And he's taking you somewhere. He's taking you somewhere. Come on, that business is going to grow. Come on, that family is coming. That marriage is yours. That ministry, he's going to lead you towards it. He didn't give you the vision for no reason. And especially to anyone here watching saying, I have no idea what my purpose is. He has a purpose for you. And he's not going to let you fall. So come, let's pray. Let's pray today. Holy Spirit, we ask you that you would come and just fill us with purpose. Remind us, Lord God, that you have it all under control in your hands, and we want more of that, Lord God. And so right now, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that wherever we are on this process of purpose, that you would teach us, mold us, and grow us. Show us who you want us to be, and give us that heart to go beyond the generations 
and to leave a legacy wherever we've been. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.